Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The way in which Paul the Apostle opened his letters to the Thessalonians is very interesting. To the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you may wonder what's so significant about such a greeting. First, Notice that Paul didn't just say the Thessalonian believers were in God in a general way, or even in God and in Jesus, but he, inspired by the Holy Spirit, chose these words specifically, in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've considered in recent programs what it is to be in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus. Today we'll see more about what it is to be in Christ. Bob Danker has joined us for our fellowship today. Good to have you back, Bob. It's good to be back, Chris. As you say, this simple greeting at the beginning of Paul's epistle, once we get into it, you just see how deep, how profound, and how rich it is. Just these titles, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul chose his words carefully and under the inspiration of the Spirit to convey to us such a rich matter that we are in this wonderful person, this triune God who has passed through so many processes so that we can be in him and he can be in us. I think it's fair to uh, say that many times uh, we believers use uh, these terms, especially the titles of of the Lord Jesus, uh, somewhat interchangeably. We call him the Lord. We call him Jesus. We call him the Lord Jesus or Jesus Christ. But these are not specifically interchangeable expressions, are they? They all carry their own impact and importance and significance, which we should be, you know, conscious of. That's right. As you say, every part of this title, the Lord Jesus Christ, is so meaningful and full of significance, and it's related to our experience and our enjoyment of the Lord. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, join Witness Lee. Again, he's going to be focused uh, in this segment primarily on this very first verse from Thessalonians. And I think it's, uh, it's worth mentioning again that Paul virtually repeats himself when he begins the second book using very nearly the exact same phraseology, doesn't he? That's right. The introductions are just about the same. Which means there's something here he really wanted the Thessalonians, and we can say by extension all of us who read it following, to be impressed with, I would say. Yes, anything that's repeated certainly is important. All right, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. All right, here's Witness Lee with his fellowship on this very, very marvelous word today. I'm looking forward to our program. Whenever the title Jesus is mentioned in the New Testament, 
it always refers to his experiences before his resurrection. Jesus is a name of the Lord humanity. It mainly refers to his life, experience, and things he went through. Then, after his resurrection, his title is Christ. Christ, as a divine title, always refers to the experience, the position, the uh, life, and the uh, things he is doing after his resurrection. The Lord's life is really divided into these two sections. Resurrection is a dividing line, is a boundary line of the Lord's entire life and experience. After his incarnation and before his resurrection, that is the life of Jesus. Right? We all know the four Gospels are a kind of biography to the Lord Jesus. And that is represented by the divine title, Jesus. But after resurrection, my, his life is absolutely in another sphere. It is another story. Right? Jesus is a story, and Christ is another story. You have to say, praise what? the Lord. Amen. Well, listen. When you say the Lord in the New Testament sense, it means the entire life and the history of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bob, this is an interesting thought that perhaps is new to a number of our listeners. The Gospels are really a biography of the Lord Jesus. They really touch that aspect. And then the epistles really in the the book of Revelation also are touching a whole other aspect of the biography of the Lord Jesus Christ, aren't they? That's right. The New Testament, of course, begins with the four Gospels, which gives us four views of the Lord Jesus as a man, from his incarnation and through his human living and mm-hmm. all the things that he did right. as a man in his more than 30 years of human life. Then, of course, his wonderful death at the end of his life, which accomplished redemption and accomplished so many things for God and for us. This is the Lord in his humanity. And we know that as a man, he's called Jesus. So Jesus is the name of the Lord as a man. It refers mainly to his humanity. It's not wrong to say Jesus after the Lord's resurrection. He's still Jesus. Right. That means he still has That's humanity. humanity. Right. Uh, this is a wonderful thing. I would say many Christians have the mistaken notion that when the Lord resurrected, he left his humanity in the grave. And now he's just uh, divine without humanity. But the wonderful reality is he's still a man. But in his resurrection, he entered into a new stage of existence. And in that stage, he is mainly Christ. Yeah. He's still Jesus. We can still say he's Jesus Christ. 
But we have to emphasize Christ because now he is in resurrection. And all that he accomplished when he was a, in the flesh, living on the earth and dying on the cross, is now incorporated into him and now included in him as the resurrected one. But uh, he is in a new stage. So uh, the Bible also tells us that in resurrection, he was made both Lord and Christ. That incorporates his humanity in a more all-inclusive sense, doesn't it? It does. That means that today the Lord is a man. Before the Lord was incarnated, he was the Lord. Before Christ became a man, he was the Lord, and he was already the Christ. But after his resurrection and in his ascension as a man, he was appointed and anointed to be the Lord of all and the Christ of God. So now, even in his humanity, he is the Lord and the Christ. This is now the new stage of existence that he has now in his resurrection. So now we call him the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, let's turn our attention now to this next stage following resurrection. And uh, to, to make this point, Witness Lee is going to refer to a passage from the Gospels that is used many times to make a point about, you know, our eternal destiny. But we want to see it more specifically today as it relates to the Lord Jesus Christ in the stage of resurrection. That passage is in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Let me read two verses early in the chapter and then three verses later on in the chapter that I think will kind of set up Witness Lee's portion for all of our listeners today. Okay, John 14, 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many abodes. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will receive you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Now, we all know uh, that this is referring, no doubt, to the Lord's prophetic speaking concerning his coming death. I go to prepare a place. It is the but I come part that I think is subject to some confusion. We get some help here if we go further in the chapter, verses 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may be with you forever, even the spirit of reality, whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you and shall be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. Bob, let's not answer the question, but we'll pose it so our uh, listeners can consider it as they listen to Witness Lee. When he says, I am coming to you, what point in time is that referring to? That is a marvelous question, and that it is. has a marvelous answer. All right, here's Witness Lee, and he'll help us with this answer. Jesus refers to his humanity. Christ. When you say Christ, you refer to what? Right, the resurrected Christ in ascension. Not only so. Today, our Christ is not only the resurrected Christ, not on the ascended Christ, but also what? The coming down and entering in Christ. Amen. In John 14, the Lord Jesus says, Don't be bothered. I'm going. Where? It doesn't mean I go to the heavens. I go to the cross. After I go, I'll come back. 
But most of the Christians, nearly all the Christians, understand John 14 in a way that the Lord will come back. It refers to the second coming. That's too long. The Lord told his disciples, I will not leave you orphans. My goodness, if the Lord Jesus still is in the heaven today, we all are orphans here, right? But the Lord Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come back. I come back in another form. I came, firstly, in the form of the flesh. Now, I'm going to get out of this flesh. I'm going to be slaughtered, to be killed, to be crucified, and to be buried. And I will rise up from the dead into another form. When I got into another form, I will come back to you. And he came back. When? On the day of resurrection. You know, all the disciples, including Peter and John, they were scared to death. They were afraid. They closed the door. No doubt they closed the window also. Uh, What shall we do? But all of a sudden, eh, one standing among them. Peace unto you all. Who is this? Be careful. (laughs) Don't say Jesus. Now it's Christ. The Lord. When they realized the Lord was there, no one talked anymore. Neither the Lord Jesus talked. He only said, Receive ye the holy bread. The holy pneuma. Now he's in the form of pneuma. He's in the form of the spirit. He said, Receive ye the holy pneuma. After receiving, where is he? In us. Well, let's state this again, and then I'll just hand it to you. But what we want to state comes right out of these passages of Scripture. We just read in chapter 14, he just referred to this, of course. The Lord Jesus told the disciples, I am going, but I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. And that coming, according to what we just heard in this interpretation, that coming is not his second coming at the end of the age. That coming was John chapter 20. When therefore it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and while the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be to you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples therefore rejoiced at seeing the Lord. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed into them, and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you as orphans, Bob. I am coming to you. Isn't that wonderful, Chris? That is too good. What a marvelous view. As you said, most Christians understand the Lord's word to refer to his second coming, which would occur at least 2,000 years after he spoke these words. But actually, the Lord was telling his disciples that he was going to go away for a very short time probably less than 72 hours. Yeah. And then he would come back to them in another form. 
in the form of the spirit of reality. This spirit of reality that the Lord mentioned, he said he would ask the Father to give them another comforter. This other comforter is the Lord himself in another form. That is the form of the spirit of reality. So the Lord said, I will not leave you orphans. This means the Lord was telling them that he wasn't going to be gone that long. Mm. He wasn't going to leave them without his presence. So eventually, on the day of his resurrection, in the evening, they were all gathered together in fear in that upper room. All of a sudden, he appeared. No one knows how he got in the room. He was just there. And then, as Brother Lee pointed out, he breathed. He didn't speak a long message or sermon to them. He just spoke a few words, peace be to you. And he breathed into them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Who is this Holy Spirit that was breathed into the disciples? This Holy Spirit is just the resurrected pneumatic Christ himself. This one who came back to his disciples on the day of his resurrection, he breathed himself into them as the Holy Spirit. Now, Uh, He is in his believers. He is within us. When he was in the flesh, he was outside of us. He could be with them, but he could not be in them. But in resurrection, he can be in us, and all that he is and all that he has accomplished for us can now become reality to us in our daily experience. You make a very good point. Before uh, this moment, he was with the disciples, now he breathes himself into the disciples. There's a lot of mysterious components to what has taken place here, and we cannot uh, hope to really get a, a complete, concise grasp over all of these things just purely rationally and logically. I mean, on the one hand, the Spirit was there before. The Lord Jesus was put to death, and he bodily, physically resurrected with that body that was on the cross, and yet, mystically, he appears in the room physically and spiritually, able to pass into the room without the, the opening and closing of a door, but yet here here was the body with the nail prints that he could use as a testimony to the disciples. And now somehow in resurrection, he is so identified with the Spirit that he and the Spirit are inseparable and is breathing himself into them as he breathes into them the Holy Spirit. It's beyond our comprehension, isn't it? But it's surely available for our experience. Absolutely, Chris. It is a mystery that no human words can explain How could the Lord be the spirit of reality and yet still have a body that can be touched? This is a mystery of mysteries, but it is a reality. And this wonderful one in his resurrection in the form of the spirit is now dwelling within us. Mm. This is another mystery, uh, but uh, this mystery is not for us to attempt to understand with our human mentality. This mystery is for us to enjoy, to experience. We receive it by faith. It's the Word of God. We have to believe every part of it, even those parts that uh, we have not yet been able to completely analytically explain. Marvelous, Bob. Marvelous. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee for our final portion. Today, the church is in God the Father. Not only so, and the Lord. Jesus, not only so, Christ. Christ denotes all the riches of resurrection. Two riches. Resurrection. 
The church today is in God, the Father, is in the Lord, is in Jesus, is in Christ. Without being the Lord and being Christ, if he was only Jesus, it's hard for you and me to be in him. But today he is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can be in him. And we are in him. Right now we are in him. Jesus means everything you are has been terminated. This is Jesus. And Christ means what? You are now no more in yourself. No more in the old creation. No more in sin, in death, in world, in Satan. No more. Now you are in resurrection. You are in the spirit. You are in holiness. You are in righteousness. You are in power. You are in strength. You are in might. You are in authority. You are on the throne. I tell you, in Christ, it's altogether too much. Well, you could say, I don't know what kind of teaching that was, but there was uh, some strengthening there. There was some empowering. There was some nourishing. Uh, He was really burdened with this matter, wasn't he, Bob? You know, we just talked about how as the Spirit now, Christ is able to get into us. But also, we are able to get into him now, aren't we? Isn't that marvelous? Yes. He is in us, and we are in him. Uh, That means we are one with him. We're blended together, even mingled together with him. And that is the real essence of the church. If he were not in us and we were not in him, we would just be a collection of human beings. Even though we do believe in the Lord, we would just be human uh, believers. But the church has a divine component. And that component is just the resurrected Christ who lives within us and in whom Mm. we are. Mm -hmm. We are in this one. And in this one are all the riches of his resurrection and his ascension. So we are not poor. We are so rich in all the riches of the resurrected Christ. I don't blame Witness Lee for getting a little excited there at the end. I think we all should be a little bit (laughs) excited to know where we are. Once we were in Adam, we were poor to the uttermost. But today we are rich to the uttermost because we're in the Lord Jesus Christ. And these young Macedonian believers used to be in Thessalonica, but now they are in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. I imagine they were excited as well as they read Paul's words. These words must have been full of enlightenment, full of uh, refreshing to them, you know, to see that they are no longer in themselves, no longer in the world, in death or anything negative where they used to be. They are now in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. All the time we have for today, Bob, I wish we had more to kind of savor this. This was a very, very sweet portion. Appreciate a lot your help today. It's a pleasure, Chris. We hope you've uh, been nourished and strengthened and empowered and all of the other things that he uh, offered to us there at the conclusion of this program. If you'd like to uh, have a chance to mull over these in more depth, contact us about getting the printed life study messages. And you can do that by uh, calling us toll-free at one 888 Life Study, 888-543-3788. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today.
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. Was Jesus simply a great religious leader? The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader, but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The lamb is for redemption, to redeem fallen man back to God, and the dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the lamb and the dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1.29, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.